Welcome right. back. So welcome back. Let's roll. Let's roll. Let's roll. Let's roll. <laughs> okay. Birthday weekend. I'm just in shambles. So that just, <laughs> yeah. that, just, that just shows where I'm at as a human being right now. Yeah, Miggy, you kind of like hopped on the beginning of the episode here and I was like, dude, or like as soon as the Zoom entered and I just like looked at you and it's just no chirps or no knock against you. But I was like, dude, you uh, you looked you look a little rough right now. <laughs> like you had yourself a weekend. <laughs> and I know too on Friday, oh. Friday was your birthday and I texted you yeah. on Friday and sometimes we record on the Saturday and I just sent you the birthday text say happy birthday brother and I was like don't worry about it we'll just record on Sunday like take your time <laughs> before I even like asked didn't ask yeah. for it you just knew <laughs> yeah and like there's no point of pushing this guy to fire one out on Saturday oh, so a good friend. but at the same time you yeah. might have been like a little more energized or like had a little more in the tank if we did it yesterday yeah, I don't know probably <laughs> a lot more in the tank it's I think, right. um, I think like, no, it was bad. Like this weekend, a lot of fun, not, not, not ideal. Like my parents came to visit me yesterday morning after like my Friday night, like birthday, like celebration, obviously yeah. not feeling it at like 1030 in the morning on Saturday morning. My parents were like, Oh, like we're coming up to like, see you Saturday morning for your birthday. And then I just got bang, bang, bang on the door. Like my roommate's like, yo, your parents are here. I'm like, shit me. Like. Okay, so I have to like put myself together. I go out to the laundry room, like where like the the door to the um, the driveway is. Yeah. And I open that up. They're there. They're like, hey, and they give me a hug. I'm like, oh my god, like you smell like booze. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that's so tough. disappointed in me. Like, didn't even have a time to shower. They were waiting outside patiently for like 20 minutes while I like tried to get my act together. So I apologize, mom and dad. So on this episode, episode 64, we uh, we brought in. One of my longtime friends, childhood friend, someone I played minor lacrosse with, ended up going to university with. We were roommates in first year, and then he lived with us on my last year in university. Uh, longtime friend. He won Lad of the Week uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, maybe a month ago at this point. Uh, huge basketball guy, lover of all sports, Josh Goodwin. So, Josh, welcome to the pod. Yeah, thanks, boys. I'm happy to be on. One thing that we've done kind of throughout our our episodes over the last little while is for the episode number that we do so this was episode 64 we put two guys up against each other in some sort of competition who both wore that number of the episode so last episode was like tyler ennis against brad marchand in a mario kart racing competition so this week episode 64 before we get into the player introductions which which i'll do shortly Guys, do we have any ideas for what kind of player competition we want to do here? I was thinking like maybe we go something like a table tennis match. No, wait, we did table tennis. We've done, we? We've done table we tennis. We did table yeah. tennis, right. Okay, you know what? I, you know what I think? Darts. darts I think we could go like a darts yeah. competition. Just like Those a gritty, like you're in the bar crushing beers, like boys are throwing darts around i'm just envisioning like an old pool hall like there's smoke everywhere smoking still allowed yeah. inside it's just the grittiest location possible uh, have you ever okay. seen british people watch darts have you seen yes Derwin, MVG? <laughs> crazy yes yeah. oh i think my i've God. brought you MVG showed up me that <laughs> yeah. you showed me that video the, the 17 perfect darts so like, oh, <laughs> yeah. 180. yeah incredible okay so darts darts is just like a fire up sport um let's get into it here let's get let's break down our competitors so 
Here we go. Our first competitor. He was drafted ninth overall in the 2010 NHL entry draft by the Minnesota Wild. He's currently in his ninth season in the NHL, previously with the Minnesota Wild and currently with the Nashville Predators. In 541 NHL games, he has totaled 352 career points. He's won a U18 bronze medal twice, was the 2010-2011 Finnish Player of the Year. He's a world championship gold and silver medalist, and he won bronze at the 2014 Olympics. A 5'10", 185-pound center from Ulu, Finland. Our first competitor, Michael, or Mikkel Granlund. Facing off against him, his name is a combination of two of the main characters from hit sitcom, Seinfeld. He's played 11 seasons in the NFL, all with the Green Bay Packers. He threw one of the defining blocks in NFL history, opening a hole for Bart Starr, what a name, game-winning quarterback sneak in the 1967 NFL Championship known as the Ice Bowl. He was ranked number one in the NFL Network's list of top 10 players who haven't been inducted in the Hall of Fame. What a shot that is. And he's a three-time Pro Bowler, a five-time First Team All-Pro, and a two-time, yes, McGee, a two-time Super Bowler. He is a six-foot-three, 245-pound guard from Jordan, Montana, Jerry Zipper Kramer. <laughs> what a nickname, the Zipper. Dude. Dude, this guy has some absolute digs in there, though, like... Yeah, you, you, you rack up the one of the defining blocks in NFL history, which I mean, it's defining block in NFL history that doesn't get much more prominent than that. And then he's ranked <laughs> number one in the NFL Network's top 10 players who haven't been inducted in the Hall of Fame. Like number one, basically, he's just knocking at the door, Yo, waiting for the call. Why, <laughs> yeah, that's why even game. make a list? Why even make a list <laughs> yeah. like that? What, what good does that serve? Other than like, hey, yo, like, here's a reminder: you need to feel like shit today. Well, <laughs> yeah, number yeah. one on the list is just like, congrats on being a massive snub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Literally, you were right there, right there. You just couldn't get it. So that's tough. And then, like, he has good accolades too: three-time Pro Bowler, five-time First Team All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champ. And you're just knocking at the door i can't get in so that's that's oh, that hurts no. um all right so six foot three 245 pound guard from jordan montana or a five foot ten 185 pound center from ulu finland um personally i think i have to go with jerry kramer what a name that is too jerry kramer I like I, zipper yeah that's, zipper that's, the it, nickname. Sounds, it sounds like a dart player's nickname <laughs> yeah, the zipper. The zipper. <laughs> at the board there. Man, we're uh, talking about darts. We got to go with the European here, you know? I mean, if it was anything other than darts, I think I'd go with the football player, Kramer. But otherwise, no, we got to go with, I think Finland's a little closer to uh, to England. That's my pick. You think, like, just because of the European factor, he's got it, like, in the oh, bloodline? Well, he's naturally better at darts. He's European. That's like when we picked, we had... Um, what what were we doing, Miggy? Oh, it was uh, who was the Finnish or the Swedish player that we had in the Buck Hunter Challenge? Oh my God! And McGee picked him because he's like, yeah, he's got the Scandinavian blood. He's got the triathlon and I'm like, the, bi- the biathlon. You can <laughs> biathlon, biathlon. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think like I think I'm gonna go with Jerry Kramer because I feel like the old time NFL guys. They probably, you play a game or like the night before a game, you fly into a city and the boys are just hitting up a bar, crushing darts, like grabbing pitcher on pitcher, just, well, crushing darts in terms of 
cigarettes and the game <laughs> like yeah. i could just see them in the bar like at this time just being absolute animals just reckless abandon throwing darts around i feel like he's just too grizzled like that's his that's his game he's like a pool shark but at darts like he's in there just fleecing people of money it's kind of where yeah. I, that's kind of how i'm picturing it like he just seems like a gritty guy you get a and i'm not money from him yeah like i kind of i kind of do like this guy's been snubbed his whole career clearly so he's just got to get back at it somehow <laughs> like he's gonna do it on the field i guess <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm going i'm going jerry as well like i don't think he'd be like a, a skilled darts player but he'd be one of those guys who just goes back home into his local watering hole in Jordan, Montana, and just like yeah. Jerry as he walks in the door, like goes right to Everybody his, knows his, his own name. dartboard. That's Jerry's board. He stay away from there when he's practicing. <laughs> yeah. And he's the kind of guy like it wouldn't be a classy darts tournament. It would be like a bring all your like a party bus full of your hometown guys who are all dressed up in costumes and get disgustingly drunk. So he'd probably have like a fan club with him at all times and just causing like havoc, wreaking he'd havoc. Probably be drunk hall. to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He's like, you know, the comedians when they have like their stool up there and they just have like the glass on the stool the entire time. He's like that, but at the dartboard, and he's just like got a stool with a pitcher sitting on it. <laughs> as soon as it gets down to like a third full, he's just like, like let's go refill, like <laughs> top it up. Yeah. Okay, so smokes, let's go. <laughs> yeah, literally, this guy's like got the bartender like locked in. He's just like staring at his pitcher as soon as it's running empty. He's like running over, grabbing the pitcher. Yes, Mr. Kramer. Monsters right with Jewish juice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I think that that's episode 64's Dart Champion. Uh, I think it's, it's two to one on this one. So this is the first time we've ever had a defining vote because it's just been the two of us every time we've done it. So episode 64 is champion of the uh we, we don't even have a name for it mcgee like we, no, we, we don't. just do it <laughs> it's like the number like, um it's a head-to-head like, models of history except like <laughs> it's various events and not <laughs> yeah and athletes yeah there's uh, random people we'll, we'll come up with the name it'll it'll yeah it'll come it'll come at some point but yeah okay so that this week's this week's winner jerry kramer uh hopefully i don't really know how the nfl like hall of fame works but hopefully he gets a call someday like that's just the, clearly the biggest snub in nfl history so <laughs> yeah tough go for him i hope he gets the call someday and makes up for it but all right moving on here so our guest joining us on the show goody you uh i when i brought you guys up like a month ago or so you had i just giving you guys a lot of the week because you guys were working on uh you and hans uh who you live with like at the time or currently in London who I live with pretty much the entire time. He was basically our roommate first year too. Um, you guys started writing blogs for about the Raptors. And so I kind of just wanted to like ask about the start, like the very first thing that you started doing. Cause I know you had talked to me a little bit about it and like how you're going to go, what you're going to start doing, what the idea was. And you came up with the Jurassic journal. So can you just take us a little bit through like the idea behind the Jurassic journal? It like, that and then start the name itself because like that's pretty cool catchy name i would say and then what was it that you guys were doing on the jurassic journal so it started out as um well quarantine was a weird time for everyone you kind of just reflect on your hobbies your habits like all of it and so i kind of wanted a creative outlet and basketball i mean for a 510 white guy and i mean hans basically (laughs) in the same boat 
Um, we know way too much about the sport for how, you know, good we could ever get at it. So it's kind of funny in that sense. But I was like, look, if I know so much about this sport, because I've been religiously following the Raptors probably since like 2010. And like knowing that much about the, the team specifically, but then also the NBA, I was like, I got to combine this with my ability to write, which, you know, I'm in a politics program. So I'm writing essays all the time. So I combined those two kind of skill sets and Hans is obviously great with it as well. He's a good writer, definitely an underrated writer, but he's so smart about the NBA. So um, yeah, we put it together and made our own project. So we ended up being the Jurassic Journal. Honestly, I just kind of sat on it for a while. I wanted some alliteration in the name. Um, so the Jurassic Journal is what we went with, but um, it didn't last too long. We did it for like two months before it caught on, uh, obviously just with my friend group and whatnot, but enough that it got a little bit of attention. And then I hit up these guys, the Raptors Digest, who I've been a fan of since 2017 when they started. So me and Hans, we uh, we reached out to these guys like, hey, we're around the same age as you. Check out our stuff. Like, we really know you guys and we think you'd like it. We've got some good opinions as well. And then so they took a look and they got back to us. And, and next thing we know, we uh, we started to launch their website and do the articles through there. So we've started to now do the text work for uh, for the Raptors Digest and they still do all the podcasts and all that. Okay, so it's kind of like a big, like now you guys have joined the Raptors Digest. It's like a big, like it's media brand outlet kind of thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you guys are like taking over like an entire section or like subsection of the of the media itself. Would you say? Yeah. So we're we're um, we're definitely the writers team of the brand. So we've got another girl, Isabella, who we're going to start writing with uh, soon, and we're probably open to even um, a couple more writer positions at some point with people we know. But um. But yeah, right now it's a smaller group and we've got pretty much just the whole gauge over the writing thing. And then uh, the other guys, Ben and Riker, who founded it, they always do the podcasts. So at some point, I'll probably actually hop on with them for a few. But right now we're just covering all writing. Fair enough. That's awesome. Man. <clears throat> yeah. When you got started. Yeah, that? I can imagine. Like when you got started, did you ever think that's like, especially in that such it was a quick turnaround, only two months with you one launching this like kind of concept, the project, you had no idea would even like happen. And then once yeah. it did to be picked up that quickly, how does it feel to kind of have your work recognized in, in that quick of a time frame? Feels lucky. Feels almost a little bit like um, like meant to be, right? Because sometimes you try something and you, you worry that you're just getting out before you hit your success. Like I was lucky enough to not have those like anxious feelings. Like I got it pretty early, some good positive signs. And so I just took it as like a sign that this is a good, a good route for me. And I've just been hammering it really hard ever since, but you're right. I was shocked. Like I almost felt embarrassed that I paid for a year for this URL of the Jurassic journal. And within <laughs> about a month and a half, two months, I was not on it anymore. I was fully moved over to the Raptors digest, but every cent I paid was worth it for that URL. It really got me off the ground. Yeah. It's like kind of like your, your like platform like to get to the next level. It was like, it was a necessary step that you had to take kind of thing. So in terms of setting it up and actually going about getting your own blog going, like how difficult was that? Like to actually get going from the beginning, finding the website, setting the website up. And then you obviously kind of had to build your website to make it look a certain way and that kind of stuff. Did you do that all yourself? And then how hard was that? It wasn't too bad. I used like the WEC or the uh, the Wix website builder right. and they're pretty simple with it. I mean, I'm not a techie person like fuck whatsoever. Like it's bad. <laughs> but um, that one was kind of intuitive. Like I just had a, a certain image in mind. Like I remember I made the background. It was all like the parade with Lowry and the trophy and stuff. It actually turned out looking uh, really close to what I envisioned. So I was super happy with that. 
Um, and, and, and the writing part of it was pretty easy for me. Like that's always been my calling. Definitely not math or anything like that. But when it comes down to, to literature, that's like what I've always kind of gotten by on. So that was an easy adaptation. I feel like like, uh, like Hans was more adapting to the journalism style of things, but it was pretty, pretty simple transition for me. I've been writing a lot of essays. And then is this something that like you want to do uh, as a career or is it more of just a hobby? Like what, where, where does this stand for you? Yeah, man, I really want to go ahead and make a career out of it, honestly. Um, I feel like right now, just by how much ground I've made up with the blog, with getting into the Raptors Digest, I feel like I've already got, you know, the platform and chance that if I keep pushing and trying, you could get somewhere with it. But you never know. I, I definitely, I wouldn't say it's the be all end all, but it's my goal right now. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Like, so obviously you said writing essays and you have been for a long time. So you have prior knowledge as to what makes a good essay, you know, how to find that good PEI, good, like unique perspectives. So would you say there would one essay or one kind of like take that you had that caught the Raptors Digest Journal? Like, did they reach out and say like, this is the one that made us pick you? Well, I'm happy you've asked that question because there wasn't really that situation, but there was one that once I got to the Raptors Digest and published one, there was one that went viral, but for all the wrong reasons. So I, I posted together, Philly actually sent it to me. It was an Orlando trade. It was with, um, I was saying that Kyle Lowry, I'm, I'm writing this from when our record was, was two and seven. So yeah. I was writing saying, if this continues and Kyle's still playing good and we're just not winning, I was like, trade deadline, you should take a knock on Jonathan Isaac over in Orlando, who's got a torn ACL and blown up at, like other ligament in his knee. So he's just, he's damaged goods right now. And so I was like, you can take a player, um, give him to a team that desperately needs a point guard and has like some contention status. I was like, if you do that and you send Norm, you could probably get back and injure Jonathan Isaac, maybe like Fournier in a pick. I was like, I would love that return for Lowry. Oh my God, bro. I got put on the cross for that. They were, they were <laughs> killing me. They were like, this guy's an idiot. This guy is like, you know, he's so disrespectful to the team, to Kyle. And then I had Orlando Magic fans coming in saying, he's so disrespectful to Isaac. We would never do this trade. I'm like, okay, so which one is it? Like, who am I disrespecting? <laughs> yeah. Both sides are like, we never do that. And I'm like, why? And they're like, oh, the, the, the return isn't good enough. And I'm like, well, other side, what about you? And like, no, the return isn't good enough. And I'm like, Okay. So I don't yeah. know if it's logical or emotional, but man, it blew up. And I texted Ben. I was like, people are coming at me. Do I take it down? And he's like, no, nope. no, this is good. He's like, you'll learn. This is good publicity. Like people like it. They're interacting. All right. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. that's the kind of stuff that like draws more controversy. Like that, like that's the kind of thing you're looking for as a writer. You want people to be out there firing back and forth at each other and at you about what's going, what you've said, and like to be able to cause that big of a stir. I know, like I was even looking, I feel like that's the best thing that can almost come from a trade. What is when both sides feel like it's like too much for the other side or not enough return or whatever. Because I went on just the other day, or probably yesterday, I guess, uh, Patrick Laine was traded for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Crazy. And when you read through the Twitter replies in the, in the, like, on Twitter there, it says, the Columbus fans are saying, we fleeced Winnipeg. And Winnipeg fans are saying, we fleeced Columbus. And it's like, at the end of the day, if both fan bases feel like they won, it's probably the perfect trade. And then if yeah. you're looking at it like as in your perspective on that trade of both fans are saying 
this is too much for us to give up. It's almost just like that's enough of a controversial trade that it could just be like the right one. It could be like a, an, actually a good trade because both sides are saying they're giving up too much. Both <laughs> sides don't want to let go of that much. So yeah, exactly. yeah I think that's pretty cool. How do you guys feel? Like, I think people are just sentimentally attached to Kyle Lowry. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, he's the man. Like, he's like the best natural point guard you can find. He's like CP3 essentially. And people love CP3, but you know, Kyle doesn't get that love. So, would you guys like want to hold on to Kyle until he retires? Or are you more on the bandwagon of like, let's move this guy because he's an all-star and get some big return back here? Cause we don't just sign people. We need to get them in through trades and like yeah. draft. I'd, I'd move him, man. I'd move him. It's not like his value is like increasing from here on out. Like we, we should probably capitalize on his like career and how kind of where he's at with his game right now before he becomes an elderly man and we can't really like yeah. get anything for him. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think it'd be nice to have him retire as a Raptor, but I don't know how like good that would actually be for the Raptors organization, other than honoring somebody who like helped us out. Yeah, I think like the context of the trade would be kind of important to me. Like, and what I mean by that is that if you trade him for the sake of getting his salary off the books, or, or like just getting him out, so like you don't have to pay that, then I'd say like that's a shitty way for it to go. But if you pay him, or if you trade him, sorry, in the way of like yeah, he'll go to this team and he gets a chance at another ring and we got some kind of return from it, then I'd be okay with it. Because like, I think Larry's a legendary Raptor at this point. I kind of feel like his number should probably be the first one to go up in the Raptors. Um, it, like in the Scotiabank Arena, I, kinda, I just feel that way about him. I think he's just been so good to the city itself and the team and he brought us a championship. Like whether or not you want to put that solely on Kawhi, but... He did. He was a huge, huge, huge part of that. And I don't think they would have done it without him. So I think that that deserves a lot of respect. But yeah, I I think like it's acceptable to move him just in the right context. Like it has to be the right way to go. It can't just be like a force out or there can't be like bad blood there. Like he has to be willing to go like that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, that's it's it's really true. And that's the one thing that I credited the people who were criticizing me like relentlessly was I was like, you're right that no matter what happens in this situation, it's got to be on mutual terms with Kyle because yeah. we've got that kind of relationship with him right now and to tarnish our relationship with Kyle on his way out over some petty issue of, uh, you know, trading him out as a rental player, right? A rental player. We're not getting anything too crazy back. So yeah, you, you got to hope that it wouldn't come to that and it'd just be something that's easy of mutual interest. He gets to contend, we get to retool. Something like that hopefully works out. But uh, yeah, a lot of people are starting to feel like we made a deal with the devil when we traded DeMar DeRozan. We signed that contract, we cut our championship, and now we're just feeling the weird, you know, ripple effect of losing your superstar. You know, this, you can see it this offseason too. Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka gone. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah. Guys? You think that's hurt the team the most? Uh, I think there's just a lot of moving pieces that happen. I don't necessarily think you can pinpoint it to like one or two people leaving. I think it's just the collective change that happened throughout the organization. And not only that, but the change in location and scenery and everything kind of has just led to where they're at right now. Um, I don't necessarily think you can pinpoint it on one thing. I remember like McGee and I, we did an episode together after I had came and dropped off the, the loud of the week stuff to you guys, me and I did our first episode in person in like a, two years or whatever it was. Yeah. And the two of us yeah. sat there and talked about <laughs> the Raptors and what was going on with them. And we were like, but this is literally at the point where we thought Gasol had retired and like gone to Spain. 
And I remember later that week, he was announced that he came back and was signing with the Lakers. And we were both just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, we were literally on record on the podcast talking about how he's going back to Spain, going back to the homeland. Like, yeah, we like, that's it. We respected him for the move. <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah, oh, I, shit. I screwed up as well. I was like, yeah, I would mark on to Barcelona. And then I was just getting a notification saying, yeah, Marcus all like signs veteran minimum with the Lakers. I'm like, oh, God, eh? Like, Los Angeles yeah. just can't live without taking our players. Like, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that, like, it's, I don't think those were as big of losses as people may think. Like, yes, they helped the team a lot. And would it be nice to have, like, Serge or Gasol or both come back? But at the same time, you can also look at it and be like, we would have been paying these guys probably a lot of money and maybe we're going to lose salary or some term on that. Like I know Serge wanted a longer deal than the Raptors were offering him. And then, yeah, it sucks to lose him, but maybe you're stuck with Serge at a point where he's just too old to perform for his contract. And then you're kind of in a position of saying, why did we sign that contract as opposed to not having to worry about it being on the books kind of thing. So I think that that's okay. I don't know, that's my definitely flip the whole thing up, right? I mean, also to your point, playing in Tampa has been weird, eh? Like going into your yeah. own, like arena, warming up, hearing booze, seeing Miami. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could be facing yeah. the Celtics and you have Miami Heat jerseys in the Raptors building in Tampa. Like it's actually, and they're booing. Oh, always, always. You gotta feel bad for that. Like they're yeah. a team that's always thrived off the crowd in Toronto. Like, what a weird shift for them. Yeah, yeah, like even just going from a situation from having the fans in Toronto to the bubble where there's no fans at all, and now you're playing in Tampa where the only fans in the stands aren't even cheering for you. <laughs> like, yeah, well, bubble's an evil, an even playing field, right? But yeah, yeah, when you're in your, uh, whatever the Tampa Bay Arena is that the Lightning play out of, it's yeah, tough. Yeah, Emily, yeah, it would be weird. So while we're kind of like on the topic of all the trades and stuff that have happened or like people leaving the Raptors, um. Is there anything that you specifically think, like, I know you've kind of written it in your articles and maybe you don't want to give it away too much, but like even a teaser to go and look at your articles, like, what do you think the Raptors like should do going forward? Is this just a throwaway year? Is this one that you look at and say, that's kind of it. Like, we're not going to do that much. Maybe we just look for next year or we look to rebuild or what? Like how, how, how does Messiah and the Raptors go forward from here? It's toughy, man. I think that um, you commit in the direction of retool. I think that the Lakers are still a little bit too dominant for really any team in this league to be like, even the Nets, honestly, I don't think the Nets are winning this year. I think that that next year is their year. They get Dinwiddie back and all that. I'm just saying this isn't really an open window in the NBA. Like, you know, when we traded for Kawhi, that was an open window in the NBA. LeBron had just left the East. There was questions about the Warriors health, all this stuff. So that was a time where, yeah, it makes sense to trade for a superstar and try your hand that season. I don't know, man. We just don't, we look so far away from a team that could pick up a superstar and instantly contend. Like our role players have been suspect at times. OG's got to work on it. I think I'd rather see the team just go toward the retool, but like you want to do it in a classy way. Like maybe it's tough because I want to say trade Kyle so you can just have Malachi and Fred play and, and probably naturally lose more games and, and, and develop your rookie more. So I'd like to see that. I would say in a perfect world, we trade Kyle. We let Malachi and Fred run point guard. We obviously lose probably 15 more games than we would have otherwise. And then that's a better draft pick. And maybe we're the eighth seed or, or less. I don't even care if we don't make the playoffs. I mean, it'd be a cool experience for this group to go and, and battle is like a really big underdog. But I don't know. Like, it's not necessary. They could just go miss the playoffs and get an even nicer draft pick too. So I think I'm in the retool direction like fully. 
So is basketball the only thing that you'd be interested in writing about? Or would you want to branch out, maybe write about like the Leafs or the Jays or the Argos, even if you wanted to go that far, like, or would you just, or are you just strictly, you just want to write about basketball? Oh man, I'm open to writing about anything, but I would say the other two things that have like really sort of intrigued me about writing would be, um, I really do like writing about politics. Obviously it's my program and like politics has had a crazy resurgence in the past two years. I mean, you look at what's going on in the United States and then the political yeah. participation levels, they're up like, well, like 50 or not 50%, but like 30% or something wild like that. Everyone's coming out and voting. Everyone's interested in this sitcom. That's American politics now. So <laughs> I would say that's the only one I'm really interested in. In the sports field, it'd probably be basketball or lacrosse. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The PLL. The PLL is growing. It's so cool, eh? The fastest game on two legs, lacrosse. Yeah. Honestly, the PLL has been pretty sick, and they just merged with the MLL, so that's kind of cool to see. Like, they just took over. They literally just came in two years, years, like, existence – and they just took over a league that's been here since before like the 2000s. This is like late 90s. And they said, yeah, you're ours now. <laughs> like you're our league. It's kind of so cool. cool what they did with the league. Eh? When, um, when Paul Rabel is like, rather than doing like a formal payroll necessarily, you guys all become, I mean, obviously they do have pay, but they're all um, investors in, in the PLL. Yeah. Like they all own percentages of the PLL which yeah. is such a cool way. Like your, your players are like the owners in a sense. Like it's just such a cool thing to, to consider right you got that extra vested interest from everyone and it's lacrosse so you got everyone on the same page no one's yeah it's it's tough i know it sounds funny for a professional sport like oh what do you mean commitment you haven't seen the nll like these guys get off work at like five go have a beer drive down down toronto and suit up for the rock like it's not the glamorous life everyone talks about yeah well there's guys that yeah, play that, on like the western man. team that play for the rock <laughs> Yeah. yeah well exactly exactly right and, and it's it's amazing like i actually i love the rock i love the rock games i think more people would enjoy them if they went out for sure but um it's just it's well known the nll is not paying out big money so it's it's still important for guys to commit right so the pll yeah. i think helped do that got more people on board long term dude i had no idea they were kind of doing like paying their players through ownership i think that's a great idea man because like you talk about yeah. like player commitment from like the NHL and how their interviews suck or like there needs to be more personality. Like what better way to get the players committed and like involved than, Hey, like, listen, if you don't give a good interview or if you don't want to like pull like a Marshawn Lynch or whatever, I'm just here. So it won't get fine. Like it's not going to help you get paid more when you're not like when the fans aren't getting engaged. So if you're of an ownership stake and you care more about making money, like you're going to do your best to grow the game. And that's, that's a good way to go about it. It also oh, like really influences cool. the players to brand themselves better, like even just personally, yeah. not oh, even yeah. through the league, right? Like guys, if you go and look at their Instagrams, I know there's one guy that I follow, like he always is posting his highlights and pictures of him playing and like things like that. And it's not even just ads. It's it's literally just him talking about the game and playing the game and like putting highlights and shit out there just because he's growing his own brand because through your own brand growth, it associates you with the PLO, which grows the PLO. So it's like influencing all the guys who are a part of the league to grow themselves and grow the brand. And then it's like, it's just a dual effect, right? Like the bigger you grow yourself, the more money you can bring yourself personally. And then the bigger you grow yourself, the bigger you grow the league. And then the more money the league can give you. It's kind of just like a cool effect that that has. Yeah. You kind of turn it into like a complete, you know, meritocracy, like however entertaining it is, is however much you get paid. Right. And so everyone's on that same, same boat. It's not a fixed pay. If you can be really entertaining, you can get paid a lot. That league value goes up. So 
Yeah. It's a really cool system. I think you'll see more and more sports come up the rise and up the, the ranks, like doing that kind of system where when you have a, like I bet you, um, what's that league for the football that came out? The XFL. The XFL, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. Do that. They should do that. Something yeah, they like kind of just got shut down because of Corona, right? Like I think they were doing yeah. okay. I don't think they were excelling by any means, but they were hanging in there. But yeah. 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 There's also a lot right. of player turnover in football too. That's, that's another issue. Yeah, it's hard. Okay, so the one more sports thing kind of before we go on with that rest of the episode here. Um, last week, we talked about fantasy basketball and fantasy sports have been something oh, that yeah. McGee and I are both a part of. I kind of have been in a fantasy hockey pool and McGee's in the fantasy basketball. Uh, and I don't know if you saw the clip at all, Giddy, but McGee kind of found a player that he hadn't really heard of and he's been one of his dark horses on his oh, team, just a top-notch performer and Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> Oh, um, Holmes, yeah. so we've Unreal. been scooting around looking for like underrated fantasy players. And on that post, we had a bunch of people comment about like who their underrated fantasy players are and like who they should think should be picked up. So I wanted to ask you if there's like one underrated player in the NBA or someone that you think kind of goes just under the radar and nobody really thinks about, or nobody would really pick up a fantasy. If you were to tell McGee who someone to pick up, who would that be in the NBA? You know what? Funny enough, like I, I'm not fully sure because I don't play fantasy basketball, so I don't know how, um, you know how much luxury you have in terms of going after guys. Like I don't know where the lines drawn in terms of roster players versus non-roster players in the league. But I would say two guys that probably aren't on every fantasy roster right now, who are also Canadians, be worth looking at. Well, I mean Chris Boucher is probably picked up by now, but another guy, Dylan Brooks. I've been absolutely blown away by that kid in Memphis. He plays yeah. like LeBron James. Like I'm gonna say, he plays like LeBron James. I, I don't. Dude, I don't. Yeah, I don't he, pull up a is, clip. That's a good take because Dylan Brooks is fantasy are is rostered in only 46 percent of fantasy leagues right now. Yeah. Um, but he's averaging. Well, last year he was averaging like 23 points, like fantasy points a game. Now he's averaging close to 30, and he is rostered in my league, which is good. And I'm only a six man league, so I mean, it's saying oh, something. Wow. I wonder if he got picked um, up like post season start or before, but yeah, I have no, and then Chris Boucher is just, uh, it's nuts. His stats this season, averaging over yeah. like 30 fantasy points a night. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. assume he'd necessarily be around still. And, and you know what? Another guy too. I mean, there's a bunch of different like role players around the league who are kind of nice, like Maxi Kleber. Like I, I like Kleber. Like, there's a bunch of different guys around like that, but another, I'm going to say another Canadian, but um, Nikhil Alexander Walker, like he's got nights where he blows up. Yeah, so, man. Because I, to- I, I have Bledsoe rostered, and he was just shitting the bed like the beginning of the year, like not not having a good year of basketball. And then, especially when Lonzo went out and Nikhil Alexander Walker came in, like he was a good pickup to kind of stream and and fill that like like starting lineup spot on the Pelicans while like Lonzo mm-hmm. was out and Bledsoe was just shitting the bed. He shows a lot of like shooting upside. It's just going to yeah. be a matter of like. Is he an everyday NBA player or is he someone who gets hot sometimes? Um, it'll, it'll depend, but I think he's a solid pickup um, going forward because you've seen like a 30-point game from him this year, but you've also seen like eight-point games. So I don't know, but he's worth a chance in my opinion, depending yeah. on your league. All right, well, moving on with the rest of the episode, I think we just covered a lot of sports out here at the beginning. Um, McGee, <laughs> I know that the two of us have both wrote it, wrote in our notes this week, a bunch of things that we wanted to kind of get into. And as we were kind of 
shooting them back and forth, I feel like it almost throws into like a rapid fire be better. Like I don't know how you yeah, feel like about we, it, but it, it wasn't even it wasn't even planned. Like I came in no. and I'm like, yo, Philly, like wrote, wrote some stuff down for this episode, and you're okay, let's hear it. And I yeah. went like basically a list of be betters. And you're like, oh my god, here's what I wrote down. It was just more be betters. <laughs> yeah. And we were just, just have a lot of shit to complain about today. Yeah. I'd say. So let's get into uh, a be better, and then we yeah. will uh, we'll just rapid fire them here. Okay, so the first one that I have, um, I saw it on someone that I know's Instagram poll, and they were putting out like something about popcorn, and I voted no, like you don't do this. This is weird move. And after I voted, you know how you get to see the results. Most people said that they do it. I was like, what the hell is wrong with these people? So it's <laughs> people who eat unpopped popcorn kernels. Is that not like a psycho move? I I cannot imagine eating unpopped popcorn kernels. Like if you you finish the bowl or you finish your bag of popcorn and you reach in the bottom and there's like a bunch of popcorn kernels and you just grab them and throw them in your mouth. Like, no, you don't do that. <laughs> I've, I've done that. I've done that. I do that honestly more times than I don't do that. I don't do, do that intentionally. I'm not on their side, Phil. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. But like. Sometimes you have the, like the half cracked kernel or whatever, right? So it's got like yeah. popcorn. Those ones actually kind of taste good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but, like, I don't have I a problem with those ones. Through. Yeah, but I can't. I can't just chew through the, the seeds at the bottom. McGee, See, you like, do that? I, I can, man. Yeah, sometimes. Like in a movie theater, if I get to the bottom of the bag, one, I'm still hungry. I'm already in that. Like my hands basically automatic at that point, going up and down. <laughs> right. Yeah. So then I, I get the kernels and they're. They look a little good. They're kind of nice, nice, good level of glaze on them with the, like the butter and the little saltiness. So it's not like they're unseasoned popcorn kernels. They're a little seasoning on there. They they like, taste pretty good. And then like it's like I'm just gonna like suck the flavor off them, spit them back in the bag. Like fuck, I'm gonna bite them. And you once you no, break I would them rather suck the flavor off and spit it back. That's or, like spit it out sense. somewhere. <laughs> no, eating the popcorn kernel is nonsense. Every time you be bite better, it, you're risking a cr- yeah, yeah be fuck, better, apparently. <laughs> Every time you hey, bite it, you're risking a crack a, too. Let's do a pull of our own. <laughs> I know I am. My teeth are already mangled though at the back. So <laughs> you wow. want to do a poll? Is eating I'm like, a hey, guys, watch move? this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, well, that's, that's eating is eating popcorn kernels. Yeah, my, my teeth are already chipped and shit. It's probably all good. But yeah, man, let's do a poll and see what our listeners think. Because I think it's more common than you guys think it is. Maybe. That's Maybe crazy. some people don't want to admit it. That's true. That That's true. Both of you guys are closeted kernel eaters. And they just yeah. won't, I'm won't partially closeted about it. Like I said, if there's a little bit of a pop on it, I'll eat it. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah, but best. that's those I'm in the same boat. Like I like the ones like the that are like partially pops. Like you can eat those. Hey, ones. I just saying, can't go I'm like a saying, seed, like a kernel. No, I'm, not, yeah, kernel. I'm not saying I enjoy them. I'm not saying I enjoy them. I'm just saying <laughs> you like, just do it. I like it. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish the bag of popcorn. Okay, uh, fair enough. Okay, I got one. I got one for uh, for you. It's it's people who who like get their hair cut at the barber and then they're like, you know, I'm like, nah, I don't like it. Like I feel like, like they say that, it to the barber. Yeah, yeah. Like you tell the barber straight up, what do you think? Oh, I don't like it. Like there's a moment of like, even if it's the worst haircut ever, you kind of just got to keep your mouth shut and be like, uh, and then wait till you get home and have that fat shower and scrub the shit out of whatever they did to your hair. And hopefully it dries nicer than like you left it looking like. 
I, I would never say anything to the barber. Fuck, that's just terrible. If you ordered a steak rare and they brought it out like rubber, would you send it back? Probably not, man. Okay, it depends. If it's blue, like if it's like fucking completely, yeah, then maybe. If it's un, like eatable. I feel like edible. service accountable a little bit sometimes. Like it depends on how bad they screwed it up. Like if you yeah. look in the mirror like, yo, this is bad. Like I'm going to end up on a meme or something. Then, <laughs> yeah. then you can like ask yeah. Me <laughs> Okay, but yeah, it's like, like if the it's just fuck like, my shit up. Took a little bit, yeah, if it, they took a little bit like extra off and they're like, you said you wanted to like get a trim, but they took three inches off instead of like one and a half or two inches, then it's like, fuck, like, it's kind of a soak. But I would only complain if they just took a fucking razor to the side of my head. I can't lie. Like, the thing I is, I think, I think, yeah, I've never said anything, but I think I would say something if it was still recoverable. Like, if it's, like, to the point of, like, you can't fix this, then, like, what yeah. are you going to say? Like, you're just going to, like, shit on this person. Whereas, like, I feel like if it's if it's something they can fix, I'd be like, yo, can you, like, change this or can you do something else with it? It's kind of like a steak. Like, like at a restaurant, like, I don't think I'd have a problem, like, sending it back if it's, like, overcooked or undercooked. Because, like, if it's overcooked and you can't eat it, then fuck that. Like, I'm not wasting my money and my time trying to eat through this piece of twice killed cow to eat this steak and then yeah. on the same side if it's like so undercooked that it's still <laughs> mooing like i'm not gonna bother yeah. doing that like send that back whereas like with a haircut if it's like if it's like you said and they just went way too much off and you're like i can't get you to put more hair back on my head then i'm probably just gonna sack up pay and leave <laughs> like yeah, get the hell out yeah, of there yeah 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 <laughs> i don't want to spend yeah. more time with this man than i already have to christ yeah like, yeah, like, exactly. Like, get me out. Like, maybe at that point, I'd be like, hey, like, oh, would you be able to take some like, more off on the sides or something like that? But I wouldn't be like, yeah, this sucks. This isn't good. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, so the next one that I have, it's it's kind of a be better, but it's more of just like a general inquiry. And I kind of have a bad feeling okay. about what the response is going to be here or not a bad feeling, but I know what the response is going to be because I know both of you guys really well. So I kind of know what you guys are going to say. And it's that you guys are similar to me, but I don't, I don't understand people who plan out their day minute, by, like minute by minute. I will never understand those people. I think that they're just like, like, I don't know the way I go about it. And especially when we're, when I was in school and stuff is like, there's so much procrastinating and so much free time. And then you just like, you're like, oh, I have to do this shit. And it's not like, oh, from 9 a.m. till 12, I'll do this. Then I'm going to eat and then I'm going to do this again. And then I'm going to do that. It's more of just like tomorrow I have to do this assignment. Like whatever time I finish, <laughs> that is what I finish. Like that's yeah, you just a little shrug. And you're like, hmm, hope yeah. for the best here. <laughs> but like <laughs> there's, I know there's people out there who are like, from 9 a.m. to 12, I'm going to do this math assignment and then I'm going to eat lunch from 12 to 12.30 and then from 12.30 to 1.45, I'm going to do my English assignment and then from yeah. 1.45 to this time, I'm going to have a snack and then do this and then do this. And they're like, no, no, I just can't operate like that. Like, it just doesn't work for me. I kind of need to know like a general idea of what's going to happen that day, but that's about it. Like, that's where it starts and where it ends. The the craziest thing to me is people who have like scheduled like, okay, now it's from this time to this time, nine o'clock to 920 is like my one episode of my show or like uh, yeah. <laughs> this, this is my one YouTube video I'm going to watch. And then it's back to work. It's like, pardon me. Like, like I, there's nothing but respect for that restraint to like not only watch one thing. I don't think I've ever watched just one episode of a thing like ever. 
no. I'm sitting down, like, the worst the TV goes, I'm not leaving my, my fucking bed in my room. TV Dude, goes on, it's time for the rest of the night. <laughs> the <laughs> worst thing for me was when I would, like, come home from class and be like, yeah, I'm going to do this work and then I'll chill or whatever. And it was like, oh, it's a small thing that I'm going to do. It's like one reading, like five pages, whatever. And then I'll hang out with the boys. And I'd like walk in the door and Goody and Hans are sitting on the couch watching like Stephen A. Smith from the night before. And then I'd like sit down and be like, oh, what's he talking about? And then next thing you know, it's two in the morning and we've been sitting there all night like watching. <laughs> you see, like, like, no, shit. LeBron's better. LeBron's <laughs> better. And you're like, no, Michael's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you cut walk in the door from class like yeah i'm gonna have a good day like i'm gonna get some shit done i have to do a reading nope like reading will happen the next day like i'll figure it out then because as soon as like the tv's coming on and something catches my interest like it's over it's game over at that point yeah. here's one hot take and he's just dragged right in <laughs> yeah i'll walk in the funniest the funniest things would happen is like aj was sitting there too and hans is sitting there and like they'd come in and aj would be like what do you think about like this this trade in the NHL? And then I'd like stand there like with my bag on and my coat. I'm like ready to like go downstairs and do some work. Still like just got in from class and I'd like start talking about the trade. And then he would just like turn to me slowly walking over to the couch and like putting my bag down and like taking my jacket off and then just making myself comfortable on the couch. And I'm like, I'll put my bag down there tonight when I go downstairs. (laughs) Shit. I just got dragged in so hard. Like yeah, literally by one good. simple question. You know, yeah, speaking of speaking of the B betters, we're talking about AJ right now. We gotta bring up the fact that that man eats frozen egos. Like we were talking about the curls. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. Out of the freezer in his mouth. I don't yes. hear him out like this on on the internet. But yes, the man eats frozen egos. I, like by choice. I don't know. Yes, by I, choice. I, I, I <laughs> bit like the idea of like maybe a frosted like funnel cake like i don't know i guess it sounds good but like frozen egos i don't know that's a little that's awful i don't say that i never even that's a, i didn't even know people did that neither did i, mean, I like, until aj did it <laughs> yeah so aj be better like that one's yeah. offside when i saw him do it for the first time i was like dude did you forget to toast it like did you forget to put it in the toaster he's like no like what pardon i like it and the thing is too i feel like there's such a fine line or like almost not fine line but there's a very narrow window that you have to eat that ego in before it just starts to warm up and become like part mushy part frozen and then i I couldn't imagine it at that point because it's just, just dripping in your hand. You're like, Man, I'm like yeah. thinking about that. Raw, soggy uh. bread. It's like <laughs> flopping when you like, what the hell? Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I no, cannot, I, I cannot imagine that. So AJ, yeah, be better. McGee, were there any other be betters that you had written on. down? Yeah, but there was one I saw similar to your popcorn kernel one I saw like on my, my cousin's Instagram story or something. And she, okay. I don't know where she, she's in vacation somewhere. And apparently she's like, hey, someone just like called lettuce salad leaves. So like, she's like, what the hell? Like, do, do other people call this? Do other people call lettuce salad leaves? So I was confused. Like, have, have you guys ever like referred to lettuce as salad leaves or have heard anybody? Is that an acceptable thing to do? Because I think not. I think be better. Whoever called this, this food salad leaves. 
That is weird. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that. I need to sit yeah, on it that. Kinda ma- it makes sense. Yeah, you gotta like process it. Yeah, because I was about to criticize it. Then I was like, I, I guess it is just, yeah. I don't know. Well, Philly, what do you think? Like, uh, man, I, I don't I don't know. Because I just think it's weird. Because like, I wouldn't, it's lettuce is what it is. Yeah. It's not salad leaves. But like once it's like together, you're like, oh, I'm having a salad. You're, you don't say like, I'm eating lettuce. So like I'm having a salad. So I guess like here's the thing. Like, okay, so if you're having a salad and a piece of just for the context, piece of lettuce falls off your plate on the table, would you say like, oh, a salad leaf fell onto the table? Or would you say a piece of lettuce is on the table? Piece of lettuce. <laughs> yeah, I would say a piece of lettuce. Damn, you know what? I don't know. I think once it's got that certain like level of topping and like crouton or whatever the hell you put on your salad, like right. That I, I honestly might be that guy to at that point, once you're already that far into the process, then it might be like, I might be cool with calling it a salad leaf. Okay. So you're, so like once it's, once it's became the whole salad, part of the salad. Now it's croutons, the key key ingredient there. You get the croutons (laughs) in it. It's like, okay. Yeah. Now it's a salad. I think, I I think once the salad is entirely tossed. Okay. Then it's a salad. Like, then it's the salad leaf at that point. I don't know, man. This is a it, it is a it is a pretzel. It's like the straw question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, I think I there it. is some sort of limit. There's gotta be some sort of limit where it, it becomes okay. Okay. <laughs> I got one more be better. I was thinking last night for everyone out there that bet on Connor McGregor, be better. Be better. You bet on the name. <laughs> Dustin Poirier, my guy, the diamond. I was so fired up when that happened. Did you guys watch the fight? Yeah, yeah I watched it last night. Yeah, it was yeah. exciting. It was, so it was a sick fight. Poirier for months. I was like, this guy's battle tested. <laughs> Connor's been boxing people and getting his ass kicked by Khabib. He's done nothing for the past five years. And there we go. The first KO of his career. I was so excited. I was screaming. I was. I almost got the cops called on my house for sure. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> do you I, think? I was... like... Sorry, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, just a quick little thing. Like, I was probably screaming, too, while my roommate was, because we didn't buy the fight. We were just, like, stream searching. Yeah, same. Kind of, like, trying to, and then we kept on dropping it and then picking up a new one. No, 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 no. Like, right as, the like, the main card began, we lost it, and we had to go somewhere else. So it was just a clusterfuck. But we, we finally, like, found one that worked, stuck with it, and were able to see the knockouts. That was good. Yeah, it was a cool fight, eh? Yeah. Okay, my only question, and, like, I feel like there's not too many people who, like, know fighting, but, like, when you said McGregor won the first round, like in my opinion, I thought he did. I just think the the leg kicks just got to him like over time, because yeah, he couldn't I, even move his leg. He was dead. His like lead leg was just dead. It's almost a shame, eh? When you see something like I mean, obviously I was happy because I was cheering for Dustin, but there's been fights where I just see that they come out, they do their stand up thing for the first while, like most fights do, and they work the front leg. And it's just weird. Like, I'm looking at the second, first round. I'm like, this fight's just done and different now. Like, he's on one leg. And I know it's complete fair. It's completely within the rules. But it doesn't always take, like, a like a skilled fighter to work a front leg, you know? And it just completely evens the playing field. But either way, it's more power to him. Dust won that fair and square. Yeah. yeah. And I agree. Connor, like, hit him with a few hits where it was like, okay, Dust is shook. But Dust was also moving around so well. Did you see the punches he was dodging? He was being, like, yeah. a showman. He was so engaged with Connor, <laughs> like pointing round. at McGregor. I'd say Connor probably won the first round by like 
Oh, a sliver. They probably tied it, honestly, because he was so good with his sparring with Connor. Like, he was dodging a lot. I yeah. don't know. We'll... Either way, no, he got it was, it. It was so an entertaining fired. fight, that's yeah. for sure. Like, I, the McGregor name is always just going to bring, like, lots of publicity and lots of money. It was one of the highest pay-per-views ever, I'm pretty sure, last night. So, it's pretty yeah. sick still. Like, he's he's still just – the name itself brings in that much – like reputation and brings in that much audience just to see him fight. So I think that's still pretty cool. Like good on him, but yeah, I think that pretty much does it for our beat betters. Uh, do you guys actually, one thing I want to say, and it's just a recap of something that we talked about last episode. And I want to get your opinion on it. Goody. We talked about, we ended up bringing up Moneyball and the blind side, which one you think is a more, is a better or like more rewatchable movie. So we put a poll out on our Instagram and it was literally the most useless thing ever because the results came back 50% for each. Like it literally was split right down the middle, the exact same votes for Moneyball as for the blind side. And then the people like I had people messaging me on Instagram, someone messaged the account, shout out Robbie Armstrong. He literally said, this was one of the toughest decision ever watched both so many times and like so many people were messaging me that I had a bunch of people who were definitively on one side or definitively on the other. And it was like, at no point did this help me at all because there was like, even it was even playing field the entire way. And then the poll result comes back even. So goody, which would you say is like the better or more rewatchable movie? Oh man. I haven't seen Moneyball. Okay, so oh, no. <laughs> okay, okay, Philly, that almost makes it more even. So the Blind Side, yes, but yes. The Blind Side, the classic. It is a classic. Okay, because I just that watched the we... Blind Side for the first time in November. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now I, that's it's funny, even more see, even because I... you didn't watch the like, Moneyball. He hasn't seen the Blind Side, and everyone else in the middle was tied. I've seen so the Blind like, Side now. But... Okay, now you have, but but yeah. that's how this all started. Yeah, I do not have an informed answer, but I can tell you that the Blind Side is an unreal movie. Like it is, but so is Moneyball. Movie. You gotta, you gotta watch Moneyball, man. You're, you, you have to watch Moneyball. I do, I do. I've heard crazy things about it. I just, I don't know, man. Baseball. I actually, I watch baseball probably like a fair bit for a sports fan, like just the average sports fan. But something about a baseball movie just seems like it would bore the hell out of me. But it seems no, like but I'm not a big baseball guy either. Like I don't think I've ever watched like a game outside of the playoffs. Uh, so, like, I'm, I'm not really. I don't care for it. Still don't. But that movie is like about is numbers different. and stuff, right? It's about like analytics. It's about anal- yeah, it's about analytics yeah, and like strategy. That. I heard that and just turned off. I was like, I can't do that. No, but no, cool. man, like, you oh. have to watch it. It's so cool. Brad Pitt, to, Jonah Hill, it's like it's. Yeah, it's so sick. You have to watch it. Okay, that's that literally okay. makes it more even, McGee. Like it, yeah. it just evens the playing no field that much this, more. Yeah. <laughs> no. I need to go wake oh, up Hans God. and get his opinion right now, but. You guys have to watch it like today at some point, watch it. I don't even, I don't even know. You have to watch it and then let me know and like get back to me or like comment on something. I'll let you know for sure. Yeah. Cause you just made it even more level. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, one more thing before we kind of head out, I think it would be good to do McGee and I haven't done them in a little while is uh, one of our favorite segments and uh, that'll be this or that.
Alrighty, fellas. It's been a while since we've uh, done our last this or that segment, but uh, I'm excited to get it going again. We have Josh joining us for this or that, one of the lads' all-time favorite segments. So without further ado, let's get into it. Philly and Josh, first one. First question I have for you. Would you rather have a chicken that lays golden eggs or find a giant diamond? I think the golden eggs, because I feel like the golden eggs would come more consistently. So even if like each golden egg is small, like let's say it's like a mini egg that you get on Easter, like, you know, those little tiny chocolate ones. Let's say it's that size. Yeah. Even if you get that, I think it'll add up. So like the chicken will consistently lay the eggs. So it's almost like, uh, it's like, a an income that you can rely on. Whereas like the giant diamond, you're probably, you'd get that thing, you trade it in or you like, you sell it one time and that sale is final. Like you just done whatever you get for it, you get for it and that's it. Whereas like the eggs, those things just keep coming in. Like you sell a golden egg, get some money, you know, like there's more coming down the road. Like that chicken just going to keep laying eggs. So it's, it's continuous. It keeps coming in. What's the lifespan of a chicken? Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Is it an elderly chicken to begin with? Because what if you like, because the life of the chicken, it could cross the road and get hit by a car you, like, you can't really like, why did the it. chicken cross the road <laughs> okay let's to do escape like, its average owner, life of a chicken profiting of its egg laying. average life of a chicken it says is five to ten years so like let's just assume but that's that's that, like such a it's like double it's what it's like either well, let's five assume or that at minimum it's <laughs> yeah. such a Fair lazy enough. answer it's like what well, is it? I don't know, man. Let's just assume that at at, at minimum he li- lives five years. I'm still yeah, that's taking, like, yo, taking the chicken. How, what's what's the lifespan of a human? Like 40, 40 to eighty. Probably <laughs> well, yeah. somewhere in there. It's like, Let's see yeah. the average average life of a human. No, it's like 80, 81, 82 or something. Oh, it just says flat number seventy nine. <laughs> oh, it's, it's pretty on good. Google. That's what it says. Okay, well, yeah, anyways. give me that. Give me that. Okay, for so a let's say. Though. Okay, so let's say average life is seven and a half for a chicken. Okay. Let's say okay. that. And it just lives seven and a half years. I'm still taking the chicken. I would rather gold eggs for seven and a half years than just one diamond. I would take a yeah. chance on the diamond. I saw so? that Adam Sandler movie. If it's if it's got the powers, I'm gonna go out there and make the day. <laughs> so I gotta go with the diamond. Kevin I mean, Garnett's gonna be bang on your door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like fair enough. I just think like, that's that consistent, yeah. consistent income. All right. Uh, McGee, wait, which one would you pick? I'd probably go with the, the gold as well. Um, I just did a little Googling, and apparently gold holds higher value than diamonds. Plus, I don't trust myself with, like, saving diamonds in case of, like, appreciation or whatever. I would just get it all out of my, like, sight. Right one. away. I feel like I'm going to be, like, chiseling little bits off and kind of multiple yeah. deposits. It's just, like, one. it's a one-and-done deal. So okay. I like that. I like the consistent income. Okay. All right, next one. Uh, wake up with a jack-o'-lantern for a head or tree limbs for arms and legs. I think the jack-o'-lantern for a head and it's because I can still keep my arms and legs and have full function there. And I think the jack-o'-lantern head would be hilarious. Like I'm assuming you can still see and eat and talk and breathe and stuff. Like you're still functioning that way. And I think it would just be like easier, like yeah, someone could probably just like smash your head with a hammer or some shit, but like someone could do that right now. Whereas like, I feel like with tree limbs for arms and legs, someone could just reach over and like grab your tree arm and just snap it. And then you're like, pooch, like you have to wait till it grows back. Yeah. So I think the jack-o'-lantern head, I think it'd be comedy too. 
It would be. I th- it's like that like meme of that guy with the black like morph suit with the pumpkin head. He just dances around like close to Halloween time. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it'd be like easier to hide too, because like people can be like, oh, it's just a guy like the guy who p- puts a pumpkin on his regular head. No one needs to know that it's like <laughs> it's an your actual head. like yeah, it's my head. <laughs> and whereas like if you have tree arms and legs, there's really no hiding that. It's like no, those, those aren't fake arms. Those are just like. Would it make you even like powerful though? Line. Do you think anyone what, would the, ever the, try to like fight you again with you just like having wooden limbs? Like, would that be like a good thing, bad thing, or like, would it make? I you think it would, people would. Well, I think it would make you weaker because it's not like you yeah, can. Maybe. You're not like Groot where you can grow them instantly and like attack people. I think they're just yeah. like, twigs just, like, on your on your body. Yeah, that's the way I'm imagining it too. Yeah, I don't know. You'd almost be like that guy from Family Guy who's got the pegged yeah, arms yeah. and legs. You'd, you'd oh, I need feel Seamus. I need to go to Seamus, man. I don't think I'd be able to do the jack o' lantern head. Just take away my whole face. It's done. Jack o' lantern. <laughs> I'd definitely be one with the limbs. Okay. Yeah, I think no one would fight you. Like, how could you fight somebody who who's got no arms and legs and just has like branches? Yeah. Well, I thought like maybe it'll be an advantage, right? Like, I got like wooden logs for arms and stuff. But you're right. Maybe just take my arms. Snap. Snap. Yeah, I but guess it just any, depends on like the thickness and yeah. If it's anything like Seamus, though, like they're not you're not snapping those things. You're just clubbing somebody over the side of the head. All right, Seamus yeah. looks good though. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, what's the next one that you got here? Okay, would you rather laugh when you should cry, and cry when you should laugh, or do neither? So the okay. first one is like you either like crying and laughing is swapped when you should be yeah. doing it, or you're or not able to do either. Do either, yeah. Hmm. It's hard because like I kind of want to be able to like show the emotion of crying and laughing, mm-hmm. but like you almost just don't want to get caught in a scenario where you're laughing when you should be crying, and like everyone's just like, "Man, this guy's an asshole." So then you almost just have to suppress your emotion anyways and like hold it back. I, I don't really know. Cause like crying, you should laugh would almost just become funnier to like the other people around you, I feel like. But then I don't know, like if you're supposed to be crying and you're laughing like hysterically, then is everyone just going to think you're like the biggest dick ever? Like, I don't know. The thing, it's not like a, I, I'm a, when I envision it, it's not like a, uh, like a happy like cry it's not like a, you're laughing so hard that tears come down it's like you're falling just bawling you're just like you, a sad you cry. look visibly upset just sad cry so it's like the somebody like what the fuck did i say something someone be checking up on you uh, okay okay you know what i'm gonna go with neither then i think neither is my answer i'd rather just have to like suppress it completely and not be able to express either of those i think you can still like show happiness and sadness you just don't cry or like laugh yeah, you'd be like, like laughing is like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. But like, you'd be, you'd be like yeah. a sicko if you like cry yeah. when you should be laughing. Like, <laughs> anyways, yeah, like, there's just a no easy answer here. I might yeah, do a neither on this one too. <laughs> yeah, you I thought paint about a it smile well. on because <laughs> it would be funny, like, starting like, yeah, yeah, like, everyone's laughing at the joke, buddies over there sobbing. Like, it'd be funny that way, but inversely, yeah, you're right. Like, when there's a bad situation, you're just laughing your ass off. I think I got to settle for an either. Like, that's just too tough. Yeah. It's, 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 oh my God, man. It's tough to have no emotion either. Like, there's no winning. Like, 
I think I said to you guys before we were like we're actually in the midst of this when we were deciding on them. Like you're in the mental hospital either way. Like there's, there's <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to be concerned about your well-being. Yes, but I think I'm going to have to go with neither. Because like wow, regardless so of how funny, it, yeah, regardless of how like funny it is at the beginning, it would get old real fast. And like you're <laughs> yeah. just that guy. Cry- no one would want to be friends with you. So yeah, just like such a crybaby. Kind of a good yeah. time with your with your boys like that's like, just like breaking down in tears yeah exactly okay last one here would uh would you rather count all of the grains of sand in a sand castle or all of the spoonfuls of water in a large swimming pool i think i'm going the the spoonful of water here like I, do, I think there's just too many grains of sand in a sandcastle <laughs> and having to pick each individual one, you'd probably have to like pick it up, like look at it in your hand and make sure there's only one. Like what if there's two on your finger? Like, do you like flick one off or do you just count like, oh, like no, there's four there and then like put them in a bucket somewhere. Like it would just get so mentally draining. I feel like it would be yeah. insane. I go insane as well, man. I'd be going for the pool. You can just shovel it out of there. One, two, three. Yeah. Nice and straightforward. I can't, I'd be going with that option. Yeah, I think that that's like such a savior here too, is that you can literally just, as soon as you scoop it, it's cares, like throw it, like yeah. gone, one, two, and you're just moving on. Like you plow through it. There's no like, like inspection to it. Because <laughs> like, what if, you, this like- what if you're like picking up sand too and someone's like, are you sure? And then you like look and you're like, oh no, like there was three grains of sand on my finger, not two. Like, do I have to start again? Like how many did that happen for? Like redo. <laughs> That would be yeah, so hard also, to redo. Like, I'm assuming the sandcastle is built on a beach, too. So if you remove enough, like, grains of sand, the whole thing just collapses and becomes a pile. And like, fuck, what's beach and what used to be a part of the sandcastle? Like, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. So it probably pulls an easy answer here. All right. Boys, that's all, the, all that we have for the this or that. I think this is a pretty good episode. Episode yeah, 64. Man. We started off with a uh, little Granlin versus Jerry Kramer uh darts competition head over into talking about goodies start as a as a media personality starting off his own blog which he got his own website up and running for before you like quickly became noticed by the guys over at raptors digest where he's doing work for now so if everybody wants to go check that out you guys are on instagram at raptors digest you're not on twitter though right just instagram youtube you're on twitter okay so raptors digest and then podcast too the uh the other guys yeah, have TikTok going as well pretty much anywhere you can you got a search bar you can find us all right and then if you're looking for like gambling picks or you want to bet on the raptors player props money like whatever you want goody's been throwing out uh this thing that they just recently started called ride the raptor where he picks is it every game or is it just like once a week how do you how are you doing that right now well, it's been tough as of late. Typically, it's going to at least be every week. But right now with COVID protocols and like a few game time decisions on the Raptors roster, they haven't been putting up the player lines to bet on until like half an hour before tip off. And in right. that time, I don't have time to make picks, post a video and have people see it. Right. So typically, once things kind of normalize, yeah, it's just going to be like two to three times a week, depending on the schedule. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's normally tough because so we'll take like three or five player lines. But if I don't get them early enough, I can't put them out. But typically, we'll have three different player Raptor lines that'll hit overs on points, rebounds, assists. So, yeah, check okay. that out. 
All right. Yeah. So there you go. So for all your Raptors information, kind of trade talks, rumors around the NBA, if you want to listen, you want to read them, you want to just watch videos or highlights from around the league, whatever you're looking for, head over to Raptors Digest for all things Toronto Raptors. And I know you guys talk a little bit about some other things going around kind of around the league. So head over there to check that out. Uh, Thanks for joining us, man. Got into good to catch up with you. Talk a little NBA, talk about some fantasy basketball and then get into our B betters, bringing up an absolute crazy move of AJ eating frozen waffles and talking about salad leaves versus lettuce and then even breaking down to this or that. So it was pretty fun. Good to catch up with you here too. Yeah, boys. Thank you for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. It's my first podcast experience. So it's awesome. Yeah, you're a natural. Wouldn't, wouldn't have guessed this was your first time. So yeah, I think, uh, yeah, destined, destined to hop on the Raptors Digest podcast at some point. We'll get at least based on this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll well, let me over the writer's dungeon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's about it for episode 64, McGee. There's some, I, I know we like say it a lot, but there's some big things coming. I know we've been like talking behind the scenes, trying to figure some things out. So there'll be some more stuff coming your way, probably some announcements on like Instagram in the next little while. And then you'll hear some things mm-hmm. on our episodes that we've been working on and we'll see what kind of what comes, what comes about everything. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for what's coming up here. I almost yeah, forgot to do this. I just need to shout out one person, Damon Colba. What's up, buddy? Shouts out to Damon. That's yes. It. Damon is a huge fan, actually. And Damon did message me after the last episode and was very, very disappointed that I had only seen the blind side once, like very upset with me. He literally messaged me. It was like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm just going to see if I can pull up the message right now because it was actually pretty funny. He literally just, he was like, uh, how have you not seen the blind side? That's crazy. I expected better. <laughs> so he was not, not impressed that I hadn't seen it. So there was, yeah. some, there was yeah. some feedback from that. But yeah, shout out Damien Kalba. Yeah, he's, you're going to hear it about Moneyball. You're definitely going to hear it. Definitely. All right. Uh-oh. Fuck, man. We got to get out of the doghouse with Damon then. <laughs> yeah. So you, 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 you get, you get the money ball grind. Philly, just have like the blind side streaming on repeat. Just get those. Yeah, in the out. background. I'll just like yeah. memorize it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Close your eyes before you go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. I think that's what does it. Big things coming as as always. We're we're trying to really like get our shit together and get uh get the show on the road. We we got some work to do after even when we stop recording, Philly. We got to figure our stuff out and. Yep. Uh, I'm excited. We're excited to bring bring it to you guys, the listener, and uh, we look forward to for everything in store. That being said, thank you guys for joining us. We'll catch you at the same time next week. Um, same launchers. Fuck, I butchered that. <laughs> Start it again. Okay. Run it back. It Give it another go, McGee. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We can't do it. It's, it's authentic. It's the birthday app. <laughs> I'm in shambles. Yeah. Goodbye, lads. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.